0: Welcome to the show, everyone. We have a very special guest today. He is the founder of Highest MMA, a master and champion in multiple styles, and he has produced some of the greatest champions in martial arts history. Welcome to the show. Go Coach Vincent Hello, sir. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for taking time to do the show. I've been following you and your work, man, for a long, long time. So this is a real treat. Thank you. I appreciate it, my friend. So I'd like to kind of start. I mean, you've been doing martial arts your whole life. You know, growing up in Armenia, even as young as the age of five, uh, you've done, as a young child, national junior titles in judo, sambo wrestling, you you name it. Can you kind of go into how you started getting into martial arts?
1: Yeah, I started when I was five. I started with the wrestling. And then um, a couple of years passed, like a little more than a couple of years, I did um, sambo. I was uh, very interesting that when I was training wrestling, I was always watching to the other side of the the room. Uh, they're doing sambo and uh, being a very aggressive kid. I was always thinking, I said, one day I'm going to go and beat up all these sambo guys. <laughs> so uh, that one day comes up a couple of years later when I go there and um, when I start fighting with the Sambu guys and uh, I can take them down, sometimes they take me down, but they kick my ass when I go down, you know. <laughs> so then I thought, uh, okay, the wrestling is great for takedowns, but uh, for the ground fighting, uh, I have to learn more. So that's uh, my second step of sport. I entered to Sambo. That time, we don't have no judo in Armenia only uh, wrestling and sambo. So then after that, couple years of doing sambo, also I do the wrestling and sambo, compete the both competitions and stuff like that. But then uh, we have a uh, judo first demonstration comes and it was the Koshin Judo. With the Koshin Judo was a jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu today. Um, The Brazilian, you know, the history, the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu has come from Japan. It's not Brazilian. It's basically Koshin Judo and then goes to Gracie Judo and then changed to Brazilian Judo. I don't know what's going to change the next couple of years. But anyway, the the beginning is the Koshin Judo. So if some people don't know about it, so go read the internet and you will find out that Jiu Jitsu today, it's Koshin Judo. It's nothing else, but anyway. Uh, go back to me on there. So we started the coaching juro, and um, most seventy five percent was uh, in the ground. All mm-hmm. the armors chokes, leg locks, and stuff like that. That time was allowed to do everything. Uh, so I kind of start having fun with it, uh, but was not uh, that much interest in, in Armenia the question juro because. Some were more aggressive and okay. uh, more, more dynamic. And uh, Koshin Judo was so slow and, you know, just boring to watch and stuff like that that the people was not really like it that much that time. Oh, okay. But in the future, people start to understand a little better and start liking it anyway. So just that's what I started with, you know.
0: Wow. Interesting. And that's the other thing I loved about you, your teachings, even your fight career. I own a grappling school in Illinois. We're Olympus Grappling Arts. I started off Olympus Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, but over the years, especially 2014, when I opened up, I'm like, man, I've learned zero leg locks. I've learned zero takedowns and it's a problem. And I really saw a problem when I see all the different schools at the competitions, nobody had any of these as well, not even a defense for them. And that's when I kind of happened upon you and my good friend Vlad Kulikov just combining these, learning the takedowns, the leg locks. So can you kind of go into, like, because you do have focus on everything, being cross-training, including takedowns, leg locks. Can you go into how important it is to cross-train?
1: Yes. For me, I always tell my students, uh, the jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is a very beautiful sport, just not uh, complete. A lot of people uh, advertise as uh, is very much complete. It's good for the fight and everything, but it's not true. None of the sport alone is complete. You know, you take the judo is not complete, sambo is not complete. So why we have MMA? So the the MMA basically it's uh, they come up as, as a complete sport. It's not sport. It's basically a fight. But uh, lots of people even they are doing MMA. They don't understand that they have a, just a little this and a little that, and that's it. So that's why it's great to do different type of sport. Like if you want to do jujitsu, which is great sport, but you have to. You have to do judo ensemble yeah. because jujitsu just alone, it's 75% on the ground, maybe 25 or maybe even less than that. I see too many Jiu-Jitsu black belt. They look like a white belt when they stand up. Yeah. you grab them, they just fall down right away. They don't even know. Imagine. Okay, one minute, forget about Jiu-Jitsu or Judo or anything. You are in a street. No, but you're not going to sit down on the ground and tell the count no. fight me. The guy's yeah. going to kick your head. and. You know. yeah. So the reality, what I'm Trying to tell it's nothing against any sport or anything. I love sport. You know, this is what I do over 55 years. Uh, but uh, it's always good to talk through. You know, like just what it is there. See, if I did a lot of years of judo, sambo, I will never say judo, sambo is complete either. And if I advertise, I will say. Hey, if you train in judo or sambo, it's always great to do it in jiu-jitsu or opposite completely. And a lot of jiu-jitsu schools, I hear it. Uh, it's nothing happened like that in my school. But if one of the students goes somewhere else and train and that's uh, the worst things the student can do to the teacher, why the teachers are holding and the students not to go learn something they don't know, you know I know a lot of teachers they don't know nothing about standing but if the student go somewhere else and train judo or stand up like wrestling or sambo that's the the worst things in the world and yeah. I don't really appreciate that you see that teacher you just love money you know there's nothing else they don't give a shit about uh, student mm-hmm. my students even I know stand up I know ground I know uh, submissions and uh, basically the leg locks, we can talk about that later. Mm-hmm. I, I tell my students, I said, the day you are not training with me, go visit other schools, go train with other people, find out what other people does, what is interesting to you. Come back, teach your friends, teach me. So it's okay. You know, yeah. I don't have that ego, you know, I'm not a God. So I don't know, I cannot say I'm. I know everything. But uh, that's the way it's supposed to be. You, know, you have to be connecting to everybody and find out what other people think, other people do. And your students have to be cross-training to become a good trainer. I understand that some point students are going somewhere else and they like there and they want to go there. Well, that's a student. If the student has no respect to you and that's not his home, if you try to find another home, then that's not your problem. That's his problem. But if the, he knows this is my home, my teacher allowed me to go and just get more experience, and bring something you learn to your home and teach your friends, and that's the best way to go. You know, just, I just, I told this to everybody. And my students are free to go train anybody. I have no worry, you know. So far, we lost some students, some, you know, for fighting MMA, but that's not because of the teaching. It's just that some of them are money issue. And, you know, when something money goes in, the things change, you know.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. And I'm, I'm of the same mindset. I've always appreciated that about you. You know, kind of how you were coming up too, piecing these different styles together I believe Dino, you were part of like Last Lucky 10, were able to get into there. Can you kind of go into your experience getting into that?
1: Yeah, that's a Russian school. At the Dynamo is like a on MMA Academy. And or someone other, some other people have school they call different name. Dynamo was the most uh, popular sport center in in whole Soviet Union. Wow. every other country in Soviet Union former Soviet Union every other country has dynamo so we have dynamo in Armenia too It's a part of the facility dynamo was the most popular facility in the whole Soviet Union at that time and people are training dynamo of course there has a lot another type of facilities too but the dynamo was a little bit more famous and the reason more is famous because a lot of the police, Law forces are training Dynamo. Most of the Dynamo guys are the training. And uh, I can tell us 75% was the police. And that's why people, even I was not a police. I was a kid when I was training. But everybody said, are you going to be a policeman when I uh, finished the Dynamo? Because that's what everybody was calm, you know. Dynamo was a part of it. You know? But nothing else and nothing special, what I can tell it all because of this reason was the Dynamo special. But that's uh, only special because uh, the, the law force, police and stuff like that, very much involved as the government, you know. But they, they have also good athletes and different types of sports, not only a Sambo or Judo or anything else. they got every Olympic uh, sports in there.
0: Oh, amazing. The other thing, when you came to America, you're 17, correct? Almost seventeen. I Almost
1: seventeen. 70. Yeah, sixteen and a half a little just over there.
0: So once you came over here, continuing your journey in martial arts, you met the now late and great Jean Labelle. Do you yes. go into some things with Jean Labelle, catch wrestling and things like that?
1: Nineteen seventy-nine I come to America for the World Cup. It's like a call open US Open. Mm. And they normally they have US Open, but they, that that they, what they call it a World Cup and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't remember exactly, but I can say it's the U.S. Open. So the U.S. Open at that time it was uh, almost like a world championship. So people coming from all over the world. And it's sometimes I can say it's even better than world championship because when when you go to world championship, it's each country and each weight division they just only choose one person to go. But in this type of tournament, if you have a five best guys out there fight to each other so to see who's going, all five of them are coming, you know? Yeah. So if you have a one strong guy, now you have five from each country. So if the world championship, you have a 30 guys in your weight division, there was 150 people
0: in yeah. your weight division, you know? Yeah. So
1: that's what I always say is, uh, you know, certain points are stronger than world, you know? But this competition was in uh, Colorado Spring, Olympic Training Center. So Mm -hmm. I come and compete there representing Solid Union. And and I took first place. And uh, in my weight division, it was 66 kilogram. I was very small that time. And um, I meet Gene over there. I don't know what he was doing. Normally, I never see him in the going any judo competition. But somehow he was there or they, they invited there. I didn't speak even a word of English that time. So they invite me to work with the national team and they give me certification. So I give a kind of seminar with the speaking Russian that time. My Russian was very good that time. And somebody will translate it to me. Long story short, they give me certification. Then I meet Gene and we talk a little bit, but... I didn't know who he is. You know, He knows I am the champion of this weight division. He just talked to me, he said things. Uh, when I go home and I always tell them my, <laughs> my parents, I say, but there's a funny guy who was there <laughs> talking to me in uh, funny ways. And I didn't understand what he's talking. You know, you know, Gene, he's always joking around. and But at that time, I don't know him. I don't understand it. When I think about to come to America, when I went to the counselor in Moscow, they say, "Why do you want to go to America?" I said, "Well, I see a lot more opportunity for me as a sport than Ar- 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 Armenia. The Armenia was a small country and has not too much money, not too much of nothing. But it was sport was very good there, and uh, you know the teachers." The, on top of your head and they, whatever you do, it's there and stuff like that. There's no question on that. The, it was a Soviet type of sport, you know, and Soviet mm-hmm. Union sport was, has always been a, one of the best, you know. Because um, you become a good athlete, but you don't know what, what is
0: next, you know, you never know. So I kind of thought maybe it would be
1: a big opportunity for me to come to America. So that diploma helped me actually when I went to the consulate. Why do you want to go to America? I said, well, you know, I just want to be find myself uh, going forward. He said, what do you do in a sport? Will you be in America, yes. I just come back, and I show my medal. I show I come a first place, and this and that. it was very interesting. Anyway, that's so, Yeah. So that's what uh, makes me come to America very quicker than anybody else waiting yeah. ten years. You know? And I'm glad I'm, I, I love America. It's uh, 43 years I'm here already. And most of my life now I pass here is uh, 17 years. I spent uh, time out of 17, you minus 10. Because you was kid, children, you don't know what's going on. So seven years what I just really remember of uh, anything in there. You know.
0: Wow, amazing journey. Yeah, and, and man, like... Undefeated basically in your competition stance set, you as an athlete alone. I know you know there's importance of training, there's importance of you know being conditioned and and all that, but you know your skill set, but also I believe very strong, very strong mindset. You go into the mindset of it because it feels it's not cookie cutter. Like if I teach you this curriculum, you have to bring that as a person yourself. I love that mindset you have. You go into that a little bit for competition
1: for me. I always teach my students, I tell them and I do it. I never go to uh, competition to fight. I always go to competition to win. That's my my (laughs) mindset. A lot of people say, are you going to compete in the competition? Uh, Are you going to compete? I said, no, I'm going to win. He said, yeah, no, I I understand you're gonna go win, but are you going to compete? That's no, I never compete, I'm going to win. That's the that's what in my, in my mind when I go to competition, it's a it's very much honor for me to go compete and and I'm a very stubborn person from the kid. My competition is kind of uh, it's like my blood, it's like my life, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's if I'm not ready, I will never go compete. I go compete only when I'm ready. And a lot of people say, "Oh, there is a competition uh, next month. You want to go?" I said, "No." What is the reason? Because I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people they thinking they're ready. They go competition. The reason why I don't lose my uh, competition because of uh, I always being ready. You know mm-hmm. I don't jump in. It's okay now. Good opportunity. Let me go and fight. No, if I am ready, I go to win. That's the only the, the my my mind. And I trying to teach my student that too. When you are a beginner, that's a different story. You can go any competition you want and as much as you want, ready or not ready, because you are collecting knowledge. You know, each time you compete, then you get experience and you're learning more. But when you are already very good and you don't have to you don't need the experience that much, still you you need all the time, but not that much as much as you're a beginner, then I would suggest, I tell every fighters up there that listen to the show, just always be ready before you go in competition. If you're not ready, even if you are 90% ready, don't go. So that's what I can. But today, MMA and other competitions are very, are very limited. And the people, they really want to go fight. Sometimes they take a last-minute fight, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But even the last-minute fight, if you think you're going to go get it, you have to train even if you don't have a tournament. So you have to be ready all the time. So somebody called you and said, hey, next week we got fight in USC and this division, and you are this is your dream. You're not going to go over there without preparing. So this is why you don't lose your opportunity. You know, Just train
0: all the time. Yeah, just train all the time. And it could be, that feeling could be different from person to person, how they know they're ready and things like that, right? There's not like um... – like, how would you know you were ready to compete?
1: Oh, well, you know, I know my training and I train, uh, like I say, I, I was a five years old when I started.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And you imagine I'm a, a more than a doctor on this sport. You know, I just yeah. know exactly what my body needed, what I needed, what type of training I needed, what type of competition I'm going to do it because I did uh, five different sport, you know, and you know nobody in this world and this planet did anything what I can do. So I did a wrestling, I did a judo, I did sambo, I did jujitsu, jitsu I did grappling, I did MMA. So every time I prepare my competition, and I prepare the way it's supposed to be in what type of competition I have to fight. So if I'm going to go judo, then I boost my judo training. If I have to go sambo, then that's the way I focus the sambo. Some people say, oh, what is the difference? to so Judo and so but it's a difference. If there is a rules different, there is a difference, you know? Yes, maybe techniques are looks like like the same. Look at the Jiu-Jitsu. Techniques are the same, you know, in Judo, Jiu-Jitsu. What's the difference? No difference. Certain things you cannot do it in Judo because they took it out, but in it's the same thing anyway. But rules are different. See, when I competed a couple of years ago at the Jiu-Jitsu, yeah. Everybody was telling me, oh, be careful, because first of all, you are not a Brazilian and people know each other, then they can they can kick you out of there just without no reason. You have to compete very calm and don't do any submissions, don't do anything. (laughs) Because once you do something, they see they can always say you cannot do this way and you out. And that's why uh, I I don't want to surprise anybody. I don't want to just make everybody uh, think. Oh, look at Goku! Or how how <laughs> beautiful he's fighting! Now look at this! And no, for me, every time I don't like show off. Every time we I fight, fight I fight for win. Doesn't matter. I fight <laughs> uh, big time. I show show off or not show off. But anything else, I do just to win. So that competition, I was a little nervous of don't do anything outside of the rules and I just keep the rules and at a certain point I can choke the guy but I just thought I say if I choke this way and it's but his neck it's in the floor and if yes. I squeeze his body the, they're gonna say okay that's a, like a necklock and that uh, maybe they kick me out I say hey, you yeah. know what I better hold it and do nothing you know I'll win <laughs> anyway so anyway so what I'm trying to tell you is every sport, it's different if it has different rules, and you. That's the way you have to prepare whatever you're gonna go. If you're gonna go MMA, then prepare your MMA. But um, but a lot of people they go into MMA. They train in Jiu-Jitsu. They look or judo or anything. And that's not gonna help you. You have to do grappling without the gi and no other no t-shirt either.
0: Yeah.
1: Some people grappling with the t-shirt and then go to the MMA grappling somebody without T-shirt. And that's a big difference, big, big difference. You prepare MMA, you're doing your grappling, grapple with the your gloves on and no T-shirt. And your friend or partner have no T-shirt also. You have to understand the useful, your body sweat, his body sweat. So when you fight, that's what really you have to feel, you know. So some people I see they're training grappling with a t-shirt and no hand, no gloves on. It's, it's I don't know. It's no help here.
0: Well, it's like train how you're going to fight, right? Like exactly. It's, it's so true. Especially, uh, you know, I, I get people with the school. They say, "Hey, I want to come in for self-defense," and others want to do sport. And a lot of schools do heavily promote sport, or even officers come in and they're learning sports. Like you got to train how you're going to use this in the real world. It makes so much sense. Q also uh, with a uh, and MMA, just real quick, because that's what Heist MMA is all about. Is is you have all this good cross training, well rounded fighters. First off, Heist, can you just that alone tell what people that is, because they may not even know what that means? Heistan,
1: it's Armenia. We all say, "Where are you from?" I said, "From Armenia." Well, if you are Armenian, I'm Armenian. We talk to each other in Armenian language. We say, "Where are you from?" I'm from Hayastan. So the difference, uh, the reason why I didn't put international ways to say Armenia, because in, in my school and my affiliate schools are my, especially my affiliate schools, I had no Armenian at all. People are from Europe, uh, all over the Europe, all over the United States. East coast everywhere. We have Finnish schools, and uh, you know the, some people have leagues around that. Uh, you can always check my website, and it's always there. All the Finnish schools that train with me a lot. So it's a great thing to follow it. you live close by, go and train with them. So learn and lead a little system where we I'm teaching them, but. The main important things is that I tried to put it on uh, the name of the highest so it doesn't sound like Armenia. okay. It sounds like a name. And then it's the most important things to the other nationality, the training, other affiliation training. So now the highest and it's not a meaning of Armenia. It's a name of the school, name of the style. Even though I went to go to Armenia, and, and they they have different names on the school, but I have a lot of affiliation schools. They call it Arastan MMA Academy. They are not thinking this is the Armenian MMA Academy. They're thinking this is the name already. It's like it comes a name, you know? Yeah. That's the meaning of the Armenian. I mean that, and
0: you opened that in 1991, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. I can open as a as a Goko Mm. I can open a, a GC Academy, whatever. I can do a lot of things, but I I, I want to, uh, my goal was, and I know a lot of my students are growing. And I, my goal was that I put it at the highest on MMA Academy. The reason why, because every one of my students, when they grow open school, there will be a, a big opportunity. So, Everybody will be highest on MMA Academy, highest Academy. So everybody's going to be feel comfortable because they are Armenian too. If they are not Armenian still, it's a name of the school they open up. I have a lot of them, they are not Armenian, but they're affiliated. There's over 100 people. Wow. But it's uh, different is if my school and my place, the students are they coming up and opening schools. So they, they will not gonna feel, put the name of the high stand because that's what the, the them or their parents come from, you know? Got
0: it. So, okay.
1: well, this is why my goal that I put at the high stand represented my country, represented the style where I learn and uh, also uh, give the students opportunity to grow bigger and with the name, you know? So this is all uh, was my mind when I put the highstand in the academy.
0: Amazing. And yeah, even the, the approach to training, like some people can feel aimless because uh, there is so much to learn. It is a lifetime thing to do. Why do you think that is? Like do you, when people approach the training, what's a good tip maybe to get people to just stay guided on this is how you get good at this technique instead of being like technique crazy?
1: I tell you, in my experience of many years of teaching, I see students get better, number one, to listen to the teacher, number one. Number two, to trust the teacher. See, if you are as a student and you don't trust your teacher, just don't train over there, just leave. You know, you have to have a lot of trust to your teacher. You know, when your teacher say, "and the milk is black, you have to believe it because your teacher say that. Yeah. If you are that type of student, then you're going to be great. So that's the number one thing. You have to trust your teacher. When your teacher te- teach you a technique, you're going to say, nah, you know, I see better than this and someone doing this, or being a bad apple in the, in the school and always complain about it, or this and that. So I always say that, guys, I have over 500 students in my academy alone, and over maybe 20,000 in the whole worldwide, the highest System training. So I tell everyone, I say, guys, if you don't trust me, leave. I don't care. I I don't care your money, you know, but you being a a bad apple on on the school and start talking to other people and your feeling. And instead of you all alone, you're going to change other, brainwash other people too. Mm. But uh, thanks God we don't have that issue here. You know, Mm. all of my students are very respectful. And when I go to school, every one of them they line up to hug me and everything, which just makes me feel good, you know. Then I'm, I'm doing something for them, then they have respect, you know. And uh, a lot of people say, oh, some of your students are scared from you. I said, what they have to scare from me? You know, I don't like that word. You know, people scare from me. There is not, I don't like that good and when i'm going to competition if my opponent's scared for me that's good yeah, yeah i don't care that but my student cannot be scared for me you know they have to respect me the way i respect him you know there is no such a thing the so students comes and ask question and you say you know what i cannot answer your question right now i'm busy right now even you not busy there's no such a thing in my school i'm i'm very strict when i'm teaching I tell them this is what I want, this is what has have to be. But outside of the teaching, I'm a very, very good friend of every one of them. It doesn't matter if they're 20 years old, 16 years old, or 30, 40, 50, or 100, whatever. But I'm always with them as a friend. I give them advice, advice about not only sport, about the life, about everything. I even know if they have a trouble with, with some other people, if they're gonna go see each other, they're gonna fight, I go with them. Because I don't go to beat the other person. I just go there to make them a uh, peace. A lot of things I do outside of the sport, you know? Mm-hmm. Because this is why uh, I'm a, like a dad, I'm like a big brother, I'm a teacher, I'm everything for them. And you know, it's some teachers that they just teach the hour and that when they look in the time, oh, it's time I have to leave. Yeah. yeah. But there's no such thing like that in my school. We are not doing all of uh, it. Of course, we need the money because we have expenses. But we are not doing for money that much, as much as others, a lot of other people doing. It's just business. Time off. That's it. Um, when I finish my teaching, I'm telling, OK, you guys have half an hour more extra. Just stay, train, do whatever, physical, whatever you want. And just because I want my student to be good.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day, that is what carries over and is the most important thing. Again, I always love your mindset on things. And also, you being uh, not just a competitor, but an amazing coach, Uh, you trained some of the best fighters ever. Carol Parisian, Manny Gamburian, Neil Millinson, and going to Ronda Rousey, because she definitely changed the face of women's MMA. It went from something you didn't really see to... That's the main card events. And what was it like training Ronda? And what was she like when she's like, hey, I want to embark on this MMA journey here?
1: You know, if you have a Netflix, uh, Ronda has a Netflix documentary.
0: Hmm. Uh,
1: if some of you didn't see it, go see it. That will be, give you a lot of ideas. That documentary started 2009 or 2010. But Ronda was not even a fighter. Ronda was not even uh, thinking about to fight but she was kind of starting thinking about maybe to do it and ask me ask her mom but that time was a, she was a training kind of type of mma with me and jean and uh, just she maybe she was thinking about to go and do an mma that time and then what happened is then one day she come and talked to me said, uh, Sensei, I want to do uh, MMA. Uh, but she was a so great athlete as a judo. And she'd come a, uh, like a junior world champion. And she was a third in Olympic, Olympics because she can be a first gold. And even not that time, the next time. I really don't want her to do an MMA. I just told Rhonda, I said, this is not a good idea. You know, you're great athlete. She's going to win the Olympics. Then maybe you can do whatever you wanted after. Anyway, so she just wanted to do MMA, and then let's start. We start training MMA. She was actually she started with me. She was uh, ten years old. Uh, her mom and me we train together in a national team together, and we know each other from there. And she was always when we go competitions, I winning all the time, and. She said, when I have a daughter or a, man or a boy, they come in and train with you, nobody else. But they live in the distance or very far from where I was and where they live. They, I think she started training when she was very young, like five, six. Linky, one of my very, very good friends. with national team with me. We are the one team together. And then after 10, she started coming to us and training with all the, my guys. Many, many years have passed, training, training, training. She become a world champion. She become a national champion, US Open champion, Olympic medalist and everything. So, so she was training with me. Of course, she also got to train in a national team in judo in Colorado stay stayed there. So we help her basically. A lot of people think thinking Randa is doing judo only but they forgot about they doing the uh, randa was doing heistn system completely the heistn system it's mixed with judo mixed with jiu jitsu mixed with sambo and comes a grappling art which has come from us the grappling started in 80s early early what we are we brought it in, the grappling because uh, even the grappling word we brought it too because when I was competing and Jim LaBelle, it was yelling at me, Goku, grab him, don't strike with him, grab him, grab him. Then with past tense, what we're talking about, that when Goku is grappling with them, he's doing a lot better than the doing the striking. And grapple word, it just, we didn't think about it, it just come, And it's funny today, all the world using it, grapple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even the time when I was Training with Jitsu guys, with the Machados, with the Gracies, so we always meet each other and exchange techniques. And you know, we're very good friends. The time when I always tell them, so let's grapple with the, without the gi, and a lot of people they're telling me, you no know, Jitsu it's with gi, and this is like have to be gi. It's a respectful. And this and that. So just uh, And then when I said, let's do the leg locks, oh, no, 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 no. No, leg locks <laughs> are not allowed at all. Every time I go to any jiu jitsu school, three things they tell me not to do it no leg locks, no standing, and you have to be, and, and your knees and your knees cannot come up. Wow. And then I, and I always say, why in jiu jitsu you cannot take one knee up? He said, no, it's a part of the training. I said, come on. You know, <laughs> because you are weak, you're standing and you're just scared. And you're just telling you, oh, you don't stand up. You know, just stay on the ground, stay in your butt in the floor. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I follow it because, you know, I tell you, be honest with you, I, I was not there to win anything or have a big mouth like a lot of people was a very big mouth. I, I don't have that, you know I go if I go somewhere else and uh, visit someone, I don't go there to show off. I go to maybe I can learn something or maybe I can teach something and i i, I always look at it as a training, you know mm-hmm. I, I don't have that to go and beat up someone and i and then I go and start talking. you know, I went to this uh Tom schools and this school, that school, I beat up this guy but I, there's no such things in my school too. People visit, and I tell them, I said, in this school, there's no judgment, and and there is no win, and there is no lose. This is all about the training. So lose and win, it's in a competition. That when you go to competition, then you win or lose. But here not. You know, you compete very nice. You got a submission, let it go. Because you don't have to prove it. Oh, look, I beat this guy. I catch him in a heel hook and he couldn't tap. He, 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 that's why I hurt him, or, or he tapped. There's no such things. That's why my students never, ever get hurt out of the heel hooks or any other things. And everybody say, oh, don't do heel hooks because you get hurt. Yes, if you're stubborn and you don't want to tap, it's not only heel hooks, you can hurt your arm, you can hurt your neck, which is it's even worse. I don't see any difference, a knee yeah. bar, heel hooks, straight yeah. like, like arm bars. You can break it anyway, Longest if you are stubborn and you're stupid and not to tap, you know. But that's the way we always teach to our students to understand that when you're training, it's not a fight. It's just be nice, think, be smarter, relax only use the your strings when the time comes to use it the rest of the time it's all technique you know
0: yeah, that's the reason why i love your style of training it is so well-rounded you know like the biggest thing i hear back from people with judo sambo is oh compare that to when we're on the ground with jiu-jitsu man i'm hurting for like a whole week because of the break falls and everything but i mean the more you train the better you're Breakfall fall and things like that. I mean, you got any tips for people, whether it's from takedowns, feeling super sore and kind of, they take three steps back because they're worried about feeling sore. Or tips for training and improving on, upon their stand-up?
1: First of all, uh, it's the people who doesn't know how to fall. If you don't know how to fall, don't train your standing at all. Before you start the takedowns and, or anything, you have to learn how to fall. It's very very important you're gonna have extra math like uh thicker mats and stuff mm. like that so you learn your falling and then you learn your falling in regular math and then you learn how to handle all that and then you start learning how to take down people but the takedown it's the same like a ground you have to do the drill a lot of drills a lot of drills. you know <clears throat> i see a lot of people doing takedowns it's a bullshit takedowns you know i just I just don't want to say because there's a lot of people that create their own mind, oh, I can take down this way, you know, takedowns are not a joke, you know, you can hurt yourself, very easy, if you're doing it wrong. You have to know how to breathe when you're taking someone down, it's very important. If you don't have a breathing, then you're going to get start getting tired. See, a lot of people, they hold the breath, and they try, oh, you know, like uh, trying to do things, but they don't understand that don't, one time, two time, third time, they're done. They, they're tired. Yeah. Yeah. But they have to understand that if you really want to take someone down, you have to have a lot of air in, inside you to have a lot of power and drop your air out of it when you're doing it and you will never get tired. See, some people think, oh you know, they're running hours and doing this in hours, they don't get tired. But why do they get tired when they're in a competition for three minutes, two minutes? They get tired. This guy can run two hours non-stop, no problem. This guy can go mountain, no problem. This guy, whatever. Two, three minutes fighting, tired. It's, it's just because of the breathing. You know, people then, you know, if you people watching, work on your breathing as more than a, your technique. You know, it's number one, number one. Number two. Uh if you love the technique, drill it. Don't just look at say, oh, I love this technique. I'm gonna use it, and but never drill it. It will never work. My teacher used to say, whatever you your eyes see, you stay in your brain, then your brain has to give to your body. See if you if you just see, you learn it's still here, it's not here yet. Only time goes here when you start drilling and it comes automatically. Your body recognizes it. When you fight, your body automatically recognizes, oh, I have to do this, or oh, this is not working, that the plan B, plan C, you know, like you just go comp- comp- combination. So that's the only things, you know, breathing and training uh, uh, the, the technique, not just see it and give it to your body. And then also, you have to have your favors. So you cannot be favored like 30 technique your favors. though. there's no no such things.
0: Hmm.
1: At least maybe four or five, you have to have your favor. Then the rest of them are the combinations of any other things that comes up at that point, you know, because real fight is not choreographing. It's not a movie, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. If things happens uh, this way or that way, so you don't know but you have to prepare everything. The training part is, you have to look at your food, you have to look at your uh, body, make sure your muscles are pretty much healthy. And you know, when, if you're not feeling healthy, you're not feeling, uh, you cannot breathe good, or you get tired when you're training, that's mean you, That's the side of you are gonna work on. You know, first, most important, most, 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 most important than anything else, it's your endurance. So you have to fix the endurance. Then you have to fix your breathing. Then you have to do your enough drilling. You have to have a favor only four or five technique, not too much, and train a lot of that. And then you have to have always left and right side moves. You know, you have to, if are only right, 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 people will know what you're doing. But you have to have a left and right switching, very important, doesn't matter you're doing judo, Jiu-jitsu, Sambo, MMA, whatever it is, you need it left and right techniques. So so far I can say that, but there is more, 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 of course. Um, uh, more you train, more better you get. Important things, you have a right teacher to, to give you the right tools. Because if and then also some people say, Oh, I'm training five hours a day. You don't have to. You can train one hour, one and a half hour a day. It's good enough. But you train correctly? If you're going to train five hours, uh, half of that, uh, five hours, you're going to talk to someone, sitting and relaxing. And yes. Yeah. That's not yes. considered as training. It's important to get the right technique and right understanding the technique and also not only drill the technique. You have to, when you're doing a technique, it's the most important. Uh, you learn a technique and then give a 20% resistance, 30% resistance, 50% resistance to go up to 100% resistance. So then you understand the technique works for you. A lot of people watching the the telephones and Facebook, Instagram techniques is all over. You look at all these techniques, guys, 80% of these techniques are only the demonstration techniques. They're not real techniques. They're not working. Think about what I'm telling you and look at the high level grapplers on Abu Dhabi whatever. Yeah. You look at the, any one of those guys that do those kind of moves. No, there's no such a thing. If you do it with, with a great grappler or those kind of uh, fancy moves, you're going to lose your position. They're going to catch you and choke you out and put you in a the, sleeping. It's always nice to see it, but I tell you, 75% of, of those techniques are not working at all. Trust me, don't follow those techniques and think about you learning something. Some of those uh, basic ones are like passing guard and things like that, they are okay. So that's why I said 75%, another 25% is okay. But uh, all this fancy move, turning aside, rolling this way, (laughs) rolling one this way, that way. And and then you get in this way, it's not going to work,
0: guys. <laughs> I mean, it's coming from a guy, an undefeating competition, even in 2019 when you came back, IBJJF, Pan American, Worlds, SJJIF, possibly one of the only people to do that in the, the three elite international competitions. What made you want to come back and, and compete for those, by the way? Uh,
1: I don't know. Everybody's telling me not to compete. said, well, you don't need it. You did all your life and, you know. But, you know, like I said, I'm not competing to impress people. I'm competing. If I competed, I compete for fun, you know, just I go and have fun. And and every every time I'm there, everybody see me. Are you competing? Oh, my God, I'm going to come watch. And all the guys are competing. They're going to compete with me. They go, oh, you know, and then, uh, you know, the last competition, somebody was a champion in a heavyweight. He lost the weight to come compete with me. Which is very appreciable, but you know, but the, he he said, "I know I'm going to lose, but at least I can go and tell everybody I compete with Goku." You know, some people thinking that way. Some people thinking, "Oh, I can beat you up." They're like uh, the World Championship final when I was going to compete before started. This guy uh, come from Brazil. I don't want to mention a name. <laughs> he was in the final with me. I was sitting like this, and he opened his key and he's showing his. Six packs, like this, <laughs> you know, like walking, walking, like watching me in a, in a side of the eye. I, I don't give a shit, you know, like I was sitting there and uh, having fun uh, reading and watching my telephone, stuff like that. But I can see he's showing off, you know. And then when I go walk to him and I say, hey, we're going to compete together. And he didn't even want to shake my hand. You know, I just give my hand, and then he, like this. <laughs> and I say, I will beat you up, my friend, I say, for sure. <laughs> and then we we'll go there. He's like a puppy, you know, like he couldn't do nothing. You know, I was holding him, and I'm doing nothing, and he he's looking his courage, and he said, I don't know what to do, you know. <laughs> but anyway, it's not that. What I'm trying to tell, her, it's not a, I'm telling you this, not just because, I don't like people with uh, attitude, you know.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I go and I, I go shake my hand, shake my uh, opponent's hand. Why not? This is not a war. We're not, not going to kill each other, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> you have to respect to each other, you know. Yeah, respect. When I was a young boy, I didn't understand that. But I have to be honest with you. When I was competing, I hold the leg locks, and I don't, I don't care who they are. I just break the leg, you know. And then, uh, and uh, that the way it was, but. That time, I didn't understand that people scared from me because they said, oh, if he goes to the submission, he's going to break it. So don't give him any submission. And what happens? As soon as I grab the submission, they tap. And I'm thinking, I say, I don't even halfway in, they tap it. And because of people start scaring, because if I get in, Uh I'm going to break it. So sometimes they say, it's good, go court, because you don't have to have a hard time because people tap halfway. Yeah.
0: Yeah. i say,
1: yeah, but uh, you know I don't have it 100% yet, then the tapping, you know. <laughs> but but now when I get older, I understand that, you know, the hurting uh, someone in the competition or anyway it's not a good thing, you know. If accident happened, you hurt someone, I understand that, but purposely, it's not a good thing to do it, you know. You know, like I'm the I'm a god here. You're gonna kick your ass. You know, just like that. It's not a good thing. I never do that to myself. I go win my competition all the time with respect. You know,
0: with respect, and that's the humbleness of it, and just the, maybe through experience of it. But I love that. Like you go into it at the same time. I'm showing respect, but I'm here to win. I'm here to I'm here to win, Beat you, and that's an right. That's an important mindset to have. Because a lot of guys, I do see. Yeah, uh, they go to play and have fun, and you know, win some, lose some. You know what else is fun? Winning. So uh,
1: <laughs> the winning is always good. Yeah. You know, if you lose, that's been someone better than you are, and that's right. mean you have to go and train a little bit more and understand more. And I learn from your mistake. You know, I never. My students say, uh, Sensei, you never uh, experienced of that. I say, you know what? When I was a young boy, young kid, I started, I lose and win. And I learned from my lose. Mm. But when I start understanding, I, I was a strong kid and I start winning all the time. But I always have a feeling because even I win, I was not happy with my performance. Hey, I can do it even better than this, but I, I, what happened to me? Things like that, you know, but you have to take very seriously. You know, yeah. whatever you do, If you're doing the competition ways, you have to take it very seriously. Like, this is what I was uh, trying to tell you when Aranda was training. Mm. It was very serious. Every time I uh, throw her on the floor, she get up with a red face, uh, crying, and uh, every time she, she wants to beat you up, you know, like she don't like it when you throw her on the floor or play with her or whatever she was very angry and you know what it's not she's not angry to you she's just angry herself for why she has to get thrown. Hmm. and then uh, the one we was talking about Ronda. what I was trying to tell her it's the her system her style yes she trained Judo with us but it's a completely hastant system hmm. it's grappling the system we have we use that all the judo throws without the gear like Carpri Parisian, you see it how how beautiful his throws is! Yes. Oh yeah. We even have a judo Olympic champion come. He couldn't do half of that throws. Wow. Why that? Because it's judo? No, it's a high system. Because we mix it. We know how to put it together. We know how to throw it. Same thing Randa. Same thing Manny Gumburian. His throws. Yeah. Same thing most of the guys. When the Frank Shamrock come to train with me, he doesn't know anything about leg locks. He started training with us many many years. Wow. and then uh, go to the USC start beating up everybody with the leg lock. Of course, he trained in Japan, also. I'm sure he learned something. there. But uh, what I'm trying to tell you, a lot of people pass by my school, and a lot of fighters, a lot of UFC fighters. Maybe they don't want to mention my name because everybody want to be a king, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's that's I understand it. It's okay. It doesn't bothers me. Because they are not really my students; they just pass by and learn something, and I cannot call them my students. But they did a good job, you know. Long as they train the system we have and give them a little bit of what we do and how to how we're gonna do, and this is the system. Every one of them, they start doing a good job, like Oleg Taktarov. Oh yes, he's a great uh, sportman. He come to from Russia and train with us. You know, he just uh, always thinking he's a professional and this and that. But he, where he trained in the highest system. So, but uh, every one of them are uh, very nice people. Always been in my place, and every one of them are respectful. And uh, a lot of people that come champions. Uh, I think we represent the 24 guys in USC. Nobody in the world doesn't
0: represent two people. Wow, 24.
1: So we've got a lot of guys uh, that train with us and fight in UFC.
0: That's amazing. And, and kind of touch base real quick on that too of like losing because that I always tell my guys like that's you know, you got your main instructor and your other teacher is the losses and learning from the losses or you lost position, whatever or even like you said competition, win, lose, and then you adjust and get better and better. Or I see like little kids classes. And they don't ever experience any combat of anything in real life, and then they couldn't get out of mounts, and they're kind of uh, teary-eyed a bit about it. An adult may cry less; they, they may be more upset or frustrated. But that's all a natural process. Can you go into, you know, how important it is? I mean, that's part of the process of growing.
1: You know, a lot of schools are are um, training differently, but. My school, because I own the place, it's 13,000 square feet, beautiful uh, facility. And we have separated everything. Even the ages we separated. See, coming to Judo, coming to the grappling, it's all the ages are different. 5 to 8, they train together. Uh, 9 to thir- 12, they train together. 13 and 16, they train together. You know, things like separated. The reason why I separated? Because every age that has his own understanding better techniques. See, like five to eight, if you teach him a very high quality technique, they're not gonna understand. They're not gonna do it. So you have to give them only what they needed. You know, like that age, it's a small process, what they needed, and you have to give them that. Just most like a passing guard who mounts. Just get the points. You have to explain about. You see, my system has. We have no points. Just you have to understand that even the kids training without the points and it's submission only. But also we doing at points because they're gonna go compete the competition. They're not gonna do only submission. So the highest system has no point system. But we adapt the point system to go and compete. So, so we have two different ways going. Our professional guys that they don't like to do no point system. They go with the straight to the submission. And it's just good. That's the way the real fight is. The possession is good, but they always take possession to submit someone, yes? But the kids, they need the submission, but they need the submission is gonna be a little less than the possession. So they, know, they have to learn day, something they age. And then when they grow nine to 12, it's completely different type of training. Then different type of training after 13, and then different type of training when they get adults. So this is what our system is divided by ages in, in any sport. And this is why we have great school and doing everything especially like uh, judo, we've been 17 years in the number one in the whole United States. I'm not talking about California, Los Angeles, or anything. I'm talking about United States, national. We took over, I don't know, over 35 gold the last many, many years of almost every year, 17 years.
0: Wow.
1: Only time we have a little breakdown and our judo goes a little bit down when this MMA comes. Because all my best guys, they want to become an MMA fighter. No more judo. Let's do judo, but go fight MMA because there's the money there. Mm. That, that time I kind of started losing, breaking my team pieces because of uh, this MMA come up. Ouch. But, you know, what can you do? People, they, they do what they like to do. I don't put pressure to my students. I help them whatever they want to get helped, you know. It's too many things,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's uh, too many things. Well, as we're kind of wrapping up, yeah, I know you do lots of seminars. And- I'm gonna be going to Kentucky hmm. and Bas
1: Rutten, that we're teaching. Uh, he's gonna teach striking, I'm gonna teach grappling. Uh, I think it's gonna be a great seminar. Not only that, I got full of seminars every month, or sometimes two times a month. But if you check it to gocourt.com and then it's upcoming uh, seminars. It's all information is there in Europe or here or wherever I go. And this is already many years I'm doing a seminars, you know, over 30, 35 years.
0: Busy man, that's for sure. <laughs> so
1: I, not only that, Tom, I do a lot of stuff. I teach my place. I got two boys. I have to take care of them.
0: Wow. And, you know,
1: they're older. My younger one, it's a basketball in the NBA, first Armenian wow. be in NBA. Wow. And uh, my older one, he teach USC University, and he's a professor over there, but he's also teaching my place too, and also he has his own company, Elite, teaching the kids, you know, how to protect themselves from bullies and stuff like that. Oh, maybe so he has a uh, different type of programs his own, you know. But I have to be on top of everybody and to see and make sure everybody's doing a good job as of being a father, you know.
0: Of course. Once a dad, always a dad is what I say. Uh, that's it. That's <laughs> uh,
1: well, the greatest things.
0: Well, as I kind of wrap up, you know, is there anything you have planned for the future? Obviously, more seminars, running school. I know you have a uh, BJJ Fanatics, pretty recent release, which I picked up right away. Is there anything else coming up for the near future for you?
1: Well, uh, I'm having the new website. that's coming, and it's going to be a lot more f- simple and more uh, easier. And it will be very powerful website because it's going to be working with everything, with the Facebook, with the Instagram, everything. So it's going to be always there, and we're going to throw a lot of techniques and teaching of people and give them a little bit extra understanding the system where we have. And also another things we're thinking about to do: uh, we're going to do the seminar through directly from my school Life to the world. Just uh other things we're preparing for the future. People can go watch live or watch the recording in the future. Of course, it's not going to be free, but it's not going to be very expensive either. So a lot of uh, thinking about, because I travel a lot, sometimes I'm thinking, uh, you know, I'm getting older and travel a lot. It's not very healthy. So sometimes I can do yeah. much through my uh, my school and everybody can just see from there and stuff like that. But uh, this is everything, it's just a plan in the future. Uh, maybe about the competition, maybe one time again, if I see my feeling good and I prepare a little bit, then I compete maybe uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu uh, because uh, more safety for me right now to do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because it's so I can just fight in the ground. I don't have to hurt myself in the uh, knees or anything like that. And uh, maybe that comes up, let's see. Well, you know, uh, it's a lot of things in my mind. The most important for me, I wanna keep, stay healthy. Number two, I make my students are stronger and have more fighters, more people and uh, they'll be safe there. And I invite to the people when they come to Los Angeles, first things first, walk to my school, say hello. If you wanna come to train, welcome. One things I wanna say before you go, yeah. Uh, the reputation, people thinking, oh, when you go to school and they hurt you, they beat you up. Uh, guys, I guarantee you there is no such things, you know. That's uh, just a lot, of, a lot of people jealous a lot. So they're jealous wow. and they talk bad things to other people. In my school, everybody comes, they, they don't believe how, how nice we are and how nice our students are. So welcome.
0: Gokor, thank you so much for taking time. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Oh,
1: me too, my friend. Thank you so much for uh, doing this interview with me. Hopefully, people can see maybe. And I want to apologize if I say something you don't like it, but uh, I'm always talking, and from my heart, I have no problem with anybody or any sport. I always talk true. You know, if the true is not good for someone, I'm sorry. It's it's your problem.
0: Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly it. All right. Great meeting you, buddy.
1: Me too, buddy. Take care. And I'll talk to you later, my friend.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Warrior's Edge podcast. For more great talks and interviews on all things martial arts, be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're ever in our area, you're welcome to come in and train with us at our academy, Olympus Grappling Arts. Until the next one, keep listening and keep training.